Next on Rugby Wrap Up, Major League Rugby controversy, opinion highlights, and previews with Dan Power, Brian Ray, and Matt McCarthy. Rugby Wrap Up brought to you in part by The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub. The Murphy Kennedy Group, founded with the idea that construction can be done better. And Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. And welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. More Major League Rugby talk with the big shots of rugby on the U.S. American rugby scene. Dan Power and Brian Ray. Brian, let's start with you. You've been in the eye of controversy all week on Twitter with your stories of Nate Osborne being replaced as head coach of (laughs) Nola Gold. After they win in D.C., on the road and here you are sending out this fake rugby news what do you have to say for yourself brian ray so there's a rumor going around that bernard guta uh the uh assistant coach for uh claremont overn over in the top 14 was heading over to nola to become in the uh the words of the french press to uh, be one of the managers of the nola team well not quite uh they're sending him over in november he's going to hang out with the team for a couple weeks and if he feels like he can 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 contribute and uh the team likes feels like he's a good fit then he'll come back for the season he'll be like a just a consultant coach he'll help out with the forwards help out with the breakdown but the guy doesn't speak much english he's not going to be a decision maker this is all in claremont's dime so it's a win-win for both he gets to experience uh you know a different uh, rugby environment different culture for a bit and they get uh, potentially to benefit from good I mean, the guy was a captain of Perpignan for years, a very good uh, established player, played once for France against Canada, actually, a game I was at back in 2004. But uh, yeah, so he is coming over, but he's not taking Nolan Nate's job. So there you go. All right. So you're doubling down on the fact that he is replacing Nate Osborne as the head coach of the Nola Gold. Just disgraceful. A bitter. You sound like a bitter Arrows fan right now. <laughs> Do I look like a bitter Arrows fan? <laughs> Dan, uh, you know, looking at Brian, we'll get to his outfit in a minute. But you got you got it going on there as a Gagroniac. I I like the hat. That's a reversible hat, right? It is. Yeah, actually, orange and and white. So, uh, but how about that second half from the Kilgronies? The best you've ever seen. Texas's team. There you go. Sorry, Brian, but I love your jersey. Brian, 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 you are, you are the great Canadian. You are truly a good, a good man. You, you honor your bets, you honor your team. And then you wear the AG's Jersey that, that, that looks pretty cool. Is that uh, custom made? Yeah. You know, get a little logo stuck on there with a little tape. Hey, look, if a team beats my team by a record score and you got a prop running 80 meters on touchdown the pitch, you got to do something. You have to, you know, give them a tribute, I suppose. <laughs> Throw the off-branch say, all right, guys, you're worthy. I'll do this for you. So uh, there you go. Well, let's since we're talking about comebacks, Dan, we have to talk about my San Diego Legion scoring, what, two tries shorthanded on the road and then losing to Utah. What was it 41-24 at the 66th minute? It was game over. The, the Legion comeback was, uh, you know, the, the Express was rolling along the tracks unopposed. And then Mike Taylor and Mika Cruze said, we haven't done this in a couple of weeks. How about we just tear this team to shreds here? And next thing you know, Utah breaking hearts again. Loved it. Loved Unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. It, it's become probably the best atmosphere in MLR, to be honest. Harriman there on a night game and the Warriors on fire. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ethan McVie 
was stretchered off, but put his fist up in the air to show that he was okay after basically being knocked out. And then Cecil Africa had to step in at scrum half again. And I know it's McVie because his father verified that it was McVie. Okay. So everybody out there, it's McVie. Anyway, Brian, Utah just, they, they dashed my dreams perhaps of San Diego winning the West, but they ain't done yet. Not looking great for them now, is it? I mean, that's a, a huge result for Utah and, and just an incredible comeback. I mean, just on, uh, I thought they were, I thought it was done. I mean, Thomas Morani was having a field day out there for San Diego in the midfield. It was awesome. But you can't bring up uh, McVie's injury without the controversy surrounding that, which I don't think a lot of people are talking about. J.P. Doyle, you know, Carlo Denaishin is about to come back in the field because McVie's being taken off. And J.P. Doyle says, no, you can't come back on because we don't have HIA in MLR, which is true. However... If you look under the laws in law three, uh, 33, if we're going to get technical here, uh, if you look under there, it says quite clearly, you treat head injuries nowadays exactly the same as blood injuries. Carlo Denaishin should have been allowed back in that field. San Diego should have been allowed to have 15 players for the last five minutes. Does that have an effect? Well, it's a huge turnaround potentially. Now, look, I mean, Utah had so much momentum at that time. I'm not saying that they wouldn't have won anyways, but... It would have been nice if, if somebody, you know, the, the, the manager from San Diego, the fourth official, somebody had just said, hey, let's just check this out and make sure. Uh, and they didn't. And uh, unfortunately, that's just the way it went. Dan, who got to J.P. Doyle? Who paid him off? I think it was the Panther. I think he brought his boys from the motorcycle club, the, the Sons of Anarchy, the, the big cats of anarchy. It is unfortunate, right, because that now the question mark will always hang over that of like, what if and then no one wants to finish a game with a what if so it's it's it is a bit of a sour what if we didn't have a what if then we wouldn't be saying what if would we next let's go back to the first one let's go to nola where nola nate despite the fact that brian ray and america's rugby news is reporting that he's been replaced as head coach got his team to win on the road in dc dan yeah, rumors were around that Nate was in the corner crying. Uh, he had Twitter open and he's like, I've lost my job. Uh, the players felt sorry for him, went out there and got it done. Man, just old glory. Just got to find a way to win some games. Like, they kind of got that little Seattle thing right now, right? They're in these games and they, they play well, but they just can't get over the hump. And for Nola, this could be the start of something special. The first game on the road, they get a win. They stay in contention. I think they're in fourth now, but only by a point and what are they like four or five points back from second so they're not out of it but it's going to be really tough but they've got to win some big games on the road in the next couple of weeks nola just kind of scraped through this one you know they had kyle rogers coming in at 10 a uh, very late sub for that one and also hooker pato tool dropped out eric howard started in that one so a couple late unexpected changes they pulled it through big uh, win for that they had to get it to uh, stay alive uh the other thing for me though is old glory's comeback and how about demonte noble on the wing he came in and played 17 minutes and was absolutely scorching hot three line breaks he looked uh, uh julian dominguez who's normally a very tough guy looked you know a little bit pedestrian at times so uh huge impression uh, i think he left in that one so you know lots of, of stuff to st- see from dc moving forward but a uh, massive win for nola such quick feet for demonte noble unbelievable and speaking of not out of it and winning ugly your New England Free Jacks, Dan. Good to see they got a win. It was actually a pretty good game. I think Seattle played really well. And for Seattle fans, it's, it's a weird situation because your team's been so dominant in year one and two. And it's a rebuild. Alan Clark's going to have to 
burn a lot of stuff to the ground there and start rebuilding, but, but not too far off. Yeah, you know, uh, you kind of feel a bit uh, for Seattle. They thought they looked pretty good for a large part of that. New England just, you know, they just kind of knew that the, uh, you know, the gravity of the situation, they had to win that game and they pulled it out on the end, uh, but only a four point win. They didn't get the bonus point, so that's notable and that could uh, play a part, you know, as they're inching towards that extra playoff spot, uh, you know, time is against them now. They need all the points they can get. So, uh, you know, a, a, certainly a necessary win for them, but did they do enough? Well, just have to wait and see. Speaking of those important points, how about the Atlanta-New York game? Atlanta getting the best result in a loss, and they did it with basically on the backs of Mark O'Keefe and Mark O'Keefe, blocking that conversion by Chris Matina. Just stunning because that would have ruled out the seven, the within seven margin in theory, Dan. Yeah, it takes them back to one bonus point, and then they're in second, right? Their point differential is better than New York, so they retain first place. I had a, I had a feeling this was coming, and I picked New York for that reason, just that Atlanta had gone the LA game, the NOLA game. I just felt the attrition rate, and the, the big tipping point for me was when I pulled up the roster and saw no Matt Eaton again. I just I, – I, I really like Matt Eaton at seven. I think he brings a lot. Uh, to that team when he's on the field. And New York's a really, really good side. So I'm like, that's a tough road trip. Nola home, then to New York. You know, it's, it's a, that's a short week, flying from New Orleans back to Atlanta, then up to New York. Tough one. So, and New York got it done. Yeah, I mean, we talked about ATL's defense heading, you know, into the game, but, uh, you know, they looked a little bit porous in the midfield. And it was interesting. They, they kind of... They kept the same back line as far as personnel, but they reshuffled it. They moved O'Keefe to the wing. They brought uh, Teirang Atira Waitoki into the midfield, and they moved Van Voot to fullback. But there were breaks up in the middle, and you just kind of wonder, looking back on that NOLA game, O'Keefe was amazing in defense, and he was also amazing in defense against L.A. So just an an interesting switch by by Scott Lawrence. I'm not sure why they made that change, but that might have contributed to the breaks up the middle. But New York's defense, absolutely outstanding. How about, you know, speaking of defense and props intercepting, how about James Rochford with that? intercept try and that was a key moment in that game right after the restart so uh yeah absolutely full credit to new york for for winning that one and you know and at the same time credit to atl for for having the composure to get back in it and get that bonus point try to get the two and speaking of props making great plays defensively vic grunewald made a great defensive play robbing new york of a try dylan fawcett pounding the turf in, in frustration but new york is now andy ellis off on crutches ankle injury it's Probably, it's a minimum, I would guess, two weeks. I'm just guessing. I don't have any information on that. Kara Pryor tweaked hamstring. He did walk off the pitch. That's not a good sign. Savetta is supposedly going to come back before he leaves for Eagles camp. He has to play one. I don't know if that's a mandate or whatever, but he is going to come back. Uh, but now all eyes, Dan, are on your man, Harry Bennett, who has been playing exceptionally well because he had to have his leg taped to stay in the game. And after Harry Bennett... And if he gets called up because of A.J. McGinty's injury, the trade winds are just going to start blowing again. Right. How about trade wins? Anything going on with the, what do you got? Yeah. Hearing there's a couple guys uh, heading up to Seattle from San Diego, Travis Larson and Victor Comptat, the uh, back row, Canadian back row and the towering second row. They weren't, uh, you know, San Diego just brought in Tom Franklin and Dan Pryor. So they're kind of, uh, you know, not really needed for the rest of the season. So they're going to head up there and uh, look for some reinforcements for the arrows coming this week. Not necessarily trades, but uh, a familiar prop name, uh, Rob Brower is going to head down and help out the team. And, uh, 
an Irish flankers on the way, a Welsh hooker, and uh, this uh, fly half who, uh, or I guess fullback, depending on where position he plays, who has a, a decent boot on him. We'll just say that. Fernand Morley? And uh, <laughs> no, he's uh, he's where is he going? San Diego. Did we talk well, about where that? is Ben Mitchell? Is Ben Mitchell hurt? As far as I know, he's fit to play, so I'm not entirely sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've got uh, a lot of second rows, though, all of a sudden in, in San Diego, so I'm, I'm not really sure what's going on there. All right. We had another match. We had Houston going into the Coliseum, and it was the Christians getting slaughtered by the Romans. 52 Christians were slaughtered, and only five Romans were injured. The 52-5 win for the Gilkinis, who have served notice that reports of their demise were premature, Dan. Yeah, I was right. just waiting for the Tigers to come out of the ground like in Gladiator at some point. Just like, stop it. Russell so Crowe to come out. Hey, it was one of those ones where you put, you look away and you talk and you look back and it's like 12 more points. Like, oh, what, what just happened? But um, tough year for Houston. I, I mean, we don't have to, we don't have to beat a dead horse there. I think, you know, everyone knows what's going on in Houston or Cat. LA, I think they'd start to look good again. Like they went through that little patch there when they lost to New York, they lost to ATL, and they kept their cool. Like they always looked like they're composed, and they're still an amazing. So I still think they're a team to beat. Um, I know you think San Diego out of the West, Matt, and I'm so glad we clipped that because I can't wait in a few weeks when we can replay that. Um, but yeah, LA looked good. DC got the boys firing and. They look happy. They look healthy. They look so much better playing in that Coliseum, don't they? So that's going to be the tough one is where's the final? If they're at home in the final, I mean, it's hard to bet against them. If you, you put them on the road, they've got to come out to New York or they've got to go to Atlanta. Then, then it becomes interesting. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back with previews right after this. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub. The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. Been blind since I was four. And I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think's on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman. Riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. Guys, another unbelievable weekend of rugby ahead of us because every game matters. Every point matters. We've got tables that are close. And the first one up, Utah at New York. This one is a really intriguing match. Now, we say this all, every week, everybody. We know. But every single time, there's a, an intriguing match like this one. And this is one of those, Dan. New York can't afford to lose to Utah because they've got Nola. And they've got New England nipping at their heels. They're going to lose some players. And the same for Utah. Now, Fraser Hurst got called up to the Canadian side. They're going to be missing five players at Utah. You know, and that's going to be a tough run because Austin aren't giving up as much. San Diego, obviously, Sam, Siosi, and, and Michael Smith to Canada. So 
doesn't feel as that as bad as what you have in front of them. So I think both these sides sit in second place right now, and both of them will be looking at this as like we can put some distance between ourselves and the field right here. Both number twos can't wait for this one. It's going to be a great game. Both need to win. So excited for it. This is a tough one. You know, Utah, they're losing five guys. They're really good, but they do have a bye week on that uh, that UK tour, so they won't be too bad. I actually think that win over San Diego, they might be okay if they can get out of this with one or two bonus points in defeat. Uh, you know, New York, the same thing. If they somehow lose at home, you know, if they get a couple bonus points, they'll still be okay. I got to lean towards uh, New York with the travel in this one. Uh, you know, really razor close, hard, hard to pick, but uh, we'll go with the home side. Uh, travel just hurting Utah a little bit. I'm, I, I know that everybody calls me a homer for New York, but I'm going with New York on this in this one. It all depends on the roster. We don't have it in front of us right now. Andy Ellis is, I would say, out. But Connor McManus is proving to be one heck of a, a scrum half. You know, after Harry Bennett at fly half, that's going to be a question. And Harry did have that thigh taped last week during the match. He has been showing some grit, some guile, and some great presence on the field. So, He's become a really important component of that team. But if they can, you know, put the Band-Aids on the guys and Kara Pryor is okay and, you know, Kyle Sumption can have that kind of impact that he had last week, I think New York gets by this one in a squeaker. Then you've got Nola, Brian, going into Atlanta, Ontario. That's right. First game of a doubleheader there at Life University at the Snake Pit. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people will be picking NOLA based on what they saw from the arrows in Austin. But look, uh, I'm hearing Cole Keith and Tyler Rowland are uh, are pretty close to returning. Hopefully they'll be back this week. Uh, maybe a couple other reinforcements uh, showing up soon, too, as well. So um, I'm still back in my arrows to play the spoiler role. NOLA desperately needs this win. They really desperately need it. So they're going to have that. But... I think the arrows have a game or two uh, left in them to win this season. So I'm going to pick this one as one of them to spoil the show and get the win and wreck Nola's chances. I do agree with Brian. They're too good a roster to just roll over and die. And I just don't think that's in the character of that organization. So I think there'll be some games down the stretch where they, they end some other teams seasons as well. And I'm kind of going with Brian here. I've got a gut feeling this might be the week. If if the players he said are coming are coming, you know, Frog Brower plays. Never bet against Brower. Kidding. When was the last time he played? He's got eighty four kids. He's in top physical condition. He's chased them around, you know, Toronto for the last three months. The guy's ready to roll. Brower, he'll get it done. He's he's a veteran. I wish I had picked Austin last week instead of Toronto because I I did this last week. I thought Toronto was going to rally. Yeah. I thought this was going to be a much tighter match. Uh, Nola's got to win this. They've got to win this game. I'm going with Nola. The next one, Houston, trying to claw back and try to claw back against a team that lost in Atlanta, and they are not happy about that loss. But that was a physical, physical game against New York, and there was some physical toll. You know, as, as Nate Brakely said on the pitch, you know, this was a war of attrition. I'm kind of one of the last men standing when he was talking about being man of the match. And, you know, Atlanta is pretty dinged up, too, on this one, Dan. Yeah, I just can't, I can't pick Houston. Um, that's a tough trip. And, and, again, Atlanta know that – Playoffs are on the horizon for them. They need to keep winning because there are two teams and they're going to watch, obviously they're going to watch NOLA and Toronto earlier. So they'll have a good understanding of where NOLA is. So if NOLA do win that game, 
then, you know, it's, it's always tough getting a team like ATL who won six straight. They get a loss. Knowing Scott Lawrence's personality and, and, and that team's culture, they're probably going to have a pretty good week down there at the Snake Pit. And I, 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 you'd be a brave man to bet against ATL this weekend. You know, they, they are impressive. And the, 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 the no quit in them this week on the road and just coming back and getting those two bonus points and making it a very uncomfortable game for New York fans that were in attendance. You got to credit them. And I just want to add a side note before I forget it. I can die now because when I was walking up to the guys, the Atlanta guys, Johan Momsen looked at me and goes, Oh, you're the pig and whistle guy. <laughs> I was like, that is, that is awesome. Thanks Cormac. You're the man. Thank, you're welcome. Cormac McCormac. Brian, what's your take on this one? I mean, uh, ATL, I mean, they were on a, a plane like two hours after the game against New York. They weren't wasting any time. So I'm sure they weren't wasting any time, uh, you know, in training this week either. So uh, you, you can't pick against that. I mean, they're looking to make up those bonus points, uh, that, those points that they just lost against New York. You know, they, they've got home field advantage that they're trying to win now. I'm pretty confident they're going to make uh, the playoffs one of those two spots. So, uh, you know, they're going to try to get the full five out of this one against Houston. So that's what I expect that they will do. The great thing about St. John's University, the, the, the turf is good, but also its proximity between Kennedy and LaGuardia. So you can go to either airport very quickly. But the bad thing is there's no booze on campus. So that was, you know, Bruce McLean was like, what? You know, because Nyack played Old Blue prior to that as a, as a curtain raiser in that one. And Old Blue took it to Nyack, just for the record for you folks out there. This one, I... I like Atlanta by 20 points, you know, poor Houston. They're coming after this loss, this, the, the tough loss playing at the Coliseum in Los Angeles. And now you got to go to Atlanta, another very good team coming off a loss. You're right. They're going to, I think this one's going to be Atlanta by 15 points minimum. And Houston is also dealing with the news that they're, Coach is a lame duck coach for the rest of the season, right, Dan? Yeah, so big changes coming to Houston in 2022. I think you'll see, again, a big you know, front office uh, – sorry, coaching staff changes there with a totally new staff coming in and then a uh, big turnover, I'm imagining, in the personnel. So uh, definitely won't recognize Houston in 2022 compared to what you've seen this year. All right, next one up. Los Angeles going to play my San Diego Legion – at Torero Stadium, Brian. I really love this game. I can't wait to see it. To be honest, uh, this is San Diego who are hurting after that, uh, watching that huge lead slip away against Utah. L.A., yeah, they just got back and they wiped uh, you know the floor with Houston. But, uh, man, uh, Adam Ashley Cooper just uh, nursing a little bit of a sore knee. Is Bernard Foley going to show up at some point for San Diego? I have no idea, but uh, that would certainly be a game changer. You know what? Uh, return to Torero Stadium. That's a huge psychological boost for them. I'm picking San Diego to win this game. F yeah. America. F yeah. Dan? L.I. Oh, you Australians just always stick together. I know. No, San Diego have to win. I think we talked about... That's you don't like South Africans. Play. Just say it. You don't. I, Dan Power, don't like South Africans. Is Joe Peterson from South Africa? No, I can't say it, Dan. That guy's like the greatest guy ever. Sorry. JP, you the man down there. How can you hate a guy who saves endangered species? Like, come on, Matt. No, San Diego, 
now have to win this game. So yeah, I can I can totally see them winning it. But uh, again, I just think LA are, are the better equipped side to win this game right now. San Diego wins by five. I'm doubling down. I'm with Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. Rugby wrap-up and America's Rugby News bringing you the scoop of the century right here. San Diego's Legion beats LA's Giltinis by five points on the grass at Torero with all the Legion fans going crazy. It's going to be great. And it's going to be a preview of the semifinal. What was your buddy's name from the cohort, Brian? Oh, Sheridan. So if they do win, Sheridan, you'll be back here next week, buddy. I'll, I'll, I'll oh, he'll be back Brian, there next week, one way or the other. i punishment train, and I'll put the cohort back there. Sheridan and his merry gang of goons can sit in behind me. Speaking of goons and behind you, we have Austin going into Seattle, and those Seawolves are angry, and they still have some teeth, Dan. This is a massive danger game for Austin. I... We talked Toronto are going to get some wins down the stretch. I still think Seattle have a couple of good wins in them this year. And they play significantly better at Starfire. The way they performed in New England, tough road trip out there. I thought they played really well. They're probably a little light on. Like you could notice when they made changes in the second half, their game plan, their intensity kind of fell off. That's probably a depth issue, which Alan Clark, I'm sure, will address. So, uh, whereas Austin, Lockie McCaffrey's now on the ground, so he'll add a lot of depth to that back row. Great player. Uh, and they should get some more players back this week as well. So, I think this could be a tight game up until the 65th, 70th minute again. I think Austin, with more to play for, playoffs right in front of you. can just touch, touch the playoffs. Uh, they'll get the win up there. Okay, so you're picking Austin. Brian? Yes. Yeah, you're, you're a big supporter. Obviously, you're a supporter of the team. <laughs> hey. I mean, it's, yeah. a dumb question. it's a dumb question to ask you, I understand, but I have to ask it anyway. Yeah, you know, Seattle picking up a couple extra fours. That'll help their depth. I'm not sure if uh, Landry's playing this week or not. He missed the last game. Samu Manoa played the last game. Is he going to play? You know, if you got all, uh, you know, everybody there for Seattle, that is kind of a worry. They are kind of a formidable side, and they are looking better, but – uh, Lockie McCaffrey is a good pickup for Austin and boy, Dom Aquino was just ridiculous against Toronto. Uh, they look a little bit better and they have more to play for. They have to win this. This is, you know, there's no tomorrow for Austin. They have to win this. So AGs, there you go. I'm picking you guys. I hope they win uh, for your sake. So we can see your ears next week. Uh, and you know, again, a lot of folks out there might not know this, but Landry is the grandson of Tom Landry, the fedora winning famous coach of the Dallas Cowboys for decades. So that's an important component to this match. And I think that Austin is going to win this one in a squeaker. Final thoughts, Dan. Just excited to see who on, uh, obviously, uh, America's Rugby News is getting fired this week. So what rumours? Maybe there's a uh, you know a former squash player in Bulgaria that's going to come and take yeah. you know yeah. Ryan Martin's job in New England, and we'll have a Bulgarian article that Arn can retweet this week to start hysteria. Yeah, I thought you would have learnt your lesson after last year. Fake rugby news. Fake rugby news. Fake rugby news from Canada. I hate that state. On that note, we are out of time. Thank you, my friends. Dan Power and Brian Ray. I'm Matt McCarthy. Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. We look forward to seeing you next week. But in the meantime, check out our other segments, including our Major League Rugby show, our Global Rugby Recap. What are the odds? Our Major League Rugby Sports Bet show with the Philly Godfather, John Bradshaw Layfield, the WWE legend, and Gifty Bailu, Martial Law, the Zach Attack. And please sign up 
for our American Red Cross Rugby Wrap-Up Blood Donor Team.